Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's done. Manchester City are champions of the Premier League. Their fifth Premier League title. Pep Guardiola's third league title matches Bayern Munich and Barcelona titles as well. Man City win their third in last four seasons. A remarkable achievement after Leicester City beat Manchester United. we got Jimmy Conrad here to discuss their incredible season and what's ahead for them, of course, as they look ahead to the Champions League final. Plus, we preview all the action for Wednesday, including Chelsea against Arsenal, MLS, Juventus, and so much more. Stay right here. Que Golazo begins right now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Que Golazo. Jimmy Conrad in the house. And Jimmy, Manchester City have won the Premier League the third time of the last four seasons, their fifth Premier League title. Pep Guardiola's third Premier League title, so he matches the same league titles he won with Barcelona and Bayern Munich after Manchester United, a rotated Manchester United, lost to Leicester City, who have their own Champions League ambitions. But Jimmy, what a day, but Man City, champions of the Premier League, thoughts? My initial thoughts are that they deserved it. I'm going to start there. They were the better team and have been the best and most consistent team on both sides of the ball throughout the season, and fair play to what Pep Guardiola has done with this squad. I mean, the fact that Ilkay Gundogan is your leading goal scorer really speaks to your ability to adapt and be flexible and fluid in terms of how you attack and where you're trying to create those numerical advantages. And to Ilkay Gundogan for really kind of figuring out a, a different or finding a new level to his career or new, new and, and exploring this new position in a meaningful way. That in alone is a really testament to the system that Pep Guardiola has put in place. But even more important than that, because you know that I love defense, baby. You know that I believe that defense wins championships. The emphasis on defending from Pep Guardiola has been next level. And he knew that he needed to tighten up that area of his squad if they were going to win anything of consequence. And I'm talking more about the Champions League than the Premier League, but it also helps to win the Premier League. And fair play to him. Ruben Diaz could be up for player of the season, should be up for player of the season, could be the player of the season. I think he was the missing link in a lot of different ways. And not because he's better than certain defenders out there. We could argue that Laporte, who's on City, is a better passer. We could argue that John Stones might be better in certain areas. But Ruben Diaz has that one thing that's hard to, to teach, that hard thing to, to, to build or, or to – he has grit is really what I'm trying to get to. And, and, and he's tough, and they needed a little toughness in that area of the field, and uh, it's made such a big difference to that whole team. And, and the fact that they take a lot of pride in their defending now, something I don't think we saw – in previous iterations. So I can't say enough about this Manchester city team. I know that some of the shine is worn off because they're having trouble with Chelsea at the current moment. And obviously they got Chelsea in the champions league final, but when we look strictly at the premier league, they are the deserved champions. 
Yeah, no, well said. Uh, there's not much more to add to that aside from the fact that I think I go back to your point. Uh, you know, they've, con- they've, they've scored so far right now 72 goals in the Premier League. Nobody denies like how amazing they are as an offensive force, right? Rian Maris, Sergio Aguero, Gabriel Jesus, they don't even need a number nine, right? Phil Foden, Bernardo Silva, Ferran Torres. But really, it's about at the back. And I think in a season where it was very difficult to maneuver because of COVID-19, I mean, they started their season with a hiccup, right? Mm -hmm. Their original uh, fixture against Villa was, uh, you know, rescheduled due because of a situation they had in their own club as well with COVID. You know, it's, it's very important to remember how, like you said, defense wins you titles. And Ruben Diaz, I think, was the first, you know, to me, he's the player of the season because he reminds me of Vincent Kompany, You've mentioned Carlos Puyol. I agree. It's just that determination, that leadership. Whenever they would take a corner or defend the corner, he's the first one, like yelling at everybody, making sure that everybody's together. He puts his body in front of the line. Like he just, you know, emphasized what this Man City team was about, which was not just creatively you were amazing, but you were also resilient and very strong. And yes, they're a very rich squad, $350 million bench, et cetera. But you know what? you still got to win it and you still got to win it and you still got to, you know, and you're still going for a, a treble, you know, winning the league cup now the premier league and obviously the champions league against Chelsea later this month. So it's a tremendous achievement and Pep Guardiola's third league title, the third in the last four seasons, he's won three with Bayern Munich, three with Barcelona and now three with Manchester city. That's an amazing achievement. Time for him to move on, I guess. Right. He's a, <laughs> you think the power of three, what I'll say is I actually have three things. I'm glad you brought up the, the three. <laughs> One is I can't already wait for next season because Liverpool are going to be healthy. They're going to be looking to redeem themselves in some ways, right? With a fully fit squad. I'm sure they'll make a couple changes to make sure that they're going to be competing. Chelsea are clearly going to be competing with Tuchel in charge. Manchester United are probably going to make some signings to continue to get better on their end. Who knows what happens with with Tottenham, you know, and Arsenal and, and some of the other teams. And I think Leeds at some point are going to hopefully allow Marcelo Bielsa to spend a little bit and get some players to help strengthen his team. It's going to be super competitive next season. So I just wanted to, to bring that up. My second thing is Pep Guardiola. Do you think he deserves manager of the year? Because Brendan Rodgers, I think, should, should be in there with a shout with Leicester, especially because it looks like they're going to finish in the top four. A good win then, today. Yep. Yeah. And then David Moyes. You know, at, at West Ham, if they finish in the top six and qualify for the Europa League, I think that David Moyes deserves some serious, serious uh, attention and, and recognition for, for what he's done with West Ham this season. So I'm kind of curious. What and, and Bielsa, too. I mean, Bielsa should be in there. I mean, Leeds could finish in the top half of the table. That would be a remarkable achievement as well because he hasn't really brought in any big names. He's kind of stuck with the same team that that uh, got him through the championship, you know. And Leeds, so. and this is Leeds' return after, what, 16 years not being in the Premier League? And, and also Marcelo Bielsa's debut in the Premier League anyway. it's, it's, I, it's I, I honestly, I mean, all due respect to Pep Guardiola, to your point, I mean, those players could probably coach themselves. They're so well-versed. Obviously, it's his philosophy and style that they're well-versed in. That said, I think that these other guys maybe should get a little bit more love. And, and I don't even know if Pep needs the award anymore. He doesn't need it. He probably wants one of those other guys. He loves Bielsa, so I'm sure he'd vote for Bielsa. But I don't know. That was those are my two things, and I forgot the third one. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I think you you bring valid points, and it's going to be very interesting to see who wins manager this season uh, for the reasons that you mentioned. Uh, by the way, LK Gundogan tweeting, Champions of England again. 
I would have preferred to celebrate this moment after our own game, but I take it anyway. That's, that was my third point. Thank you, Ilke Gundogan, for doing that. <laughs> I think it's funny when people win the league and they're at their home and they're, you know, wearing their PJs on the couch, just like you and me. And like, hey, by the way, we won the league, you know, and they have to celebrate yeah. kind of just by themselves, even though a Liverpool, I think, what, last season? At least they were, they were together, together and they yeah. were all watching. Right, right, right. right uh, by right, the way, right. Zach Steffen, the first U.S. international to win the Premier League. Amazing. Congratulations to him. Should Pretty good. A lot of confidence. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. amazing. So, uh, so well done, Manchester City. And now the Champions League, which will be a difficult uh, opponent, of course, because you've already lost to Thomas Tuchel and Chelsea twice. But you believe, and I think I believe too, that it won't be third time lucky for Chelsea. I think Man City will be finally getting this Champions League title. Though, if I'm wrong, it, it wouldn't be... Well, first of all, I wouldn't be new because I'm wrong a lot. But, you know, <laughs> it, it also wouldn't be a surprise. What do you think? No, it wouldn't be a surprise at all. Um, I think that they're the favorites on William Hill and and for good reason. I also think that it's going to be hard for Chelsea to beat this City team three consecutive times in one season. I've already said that before. I'm going to say it again because... I just don't think that Pep has actually shown his full hand to Tuchel yet in uh, the FA Cup semifinals. You know, he made eight changes. Kevin De Bruyne got hurt in that one. They looked off the pace a little bit. Zach Steffen, it was still 0-0, and Zach Steffen just got caught in no man's land, and that's what led to their one goal. But it was enough to see it through. And, and fair play to get in a clean sheet against a very good City team. And then they made nine changes to this one. He played a different formation, three guys in the back. They don't normally play that way. I think there were gaps that they weren't necessarily used to. I thought Mendy got overrun by Reese James. I thought there were some good tactical adjustments by Tuchel. And that's where I think maybe Tuchel doesn't get enough credit, and he will, is that he makes very good in-game adjustments, especially at halftime. Yeah. He's a very, very good tactician, him and his staff. I don't know if it's always him. I think he's got a, a, a staff that he really trusts to identify how they can have success. And so I think this. I, if you're looking for value on William Hill, Chelsea and both teams to score, I think it's plus 350. And that's great. Plus 175 right now for Chelsea to win straight up in the Champions League final. It's minus 200 for City to win. So you're going to find better value with Chelsea. And, and we can make a strong argument that they're going to get the business done as well. They're, they're just going to get beat by, uh, you know, Man City's going to lose three different times in three different competitions. The league, FA Cup, and now the Champions League. That said, I just don't think this, this City team is going to let this opportunity slip through their fingers. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And listen, look, if Aguero doesn't miss uh, that penalty and maybe Sterling gets exactly. that penalty, you know, yeah. things can go either way. Not to take anything away from Chelsea. It's just that this is a, a game very tight to call. By the way, Pep Guardiola calls this the hardest triumph for Man City, this third Premier League title, the toughest one. And I, I'm not surprised, right? The season that they've had with COVID, et cetera, no fans mm -hmm. in the stadiums. It's been difficult for everybody, but I can imagine winning a league title it's also, uh, you know, a difficult thing. He, he says that, but they won 25 straight games in all competitions. Mind games, Pep. Mind games. <laughs> during during the hardest part of the season. That's the yeah. crazy part is that they went on an unbeaten streak, a, win, a winning streak from mid-December, which goes through Boxing Day and all the, the cluster of all those games at the beginning of January and through January. And then you have the Champions League that ramps up. 25 straight games they won, Luis. Yeah, what? they didn't Amazing. draw. They won 25 straight during the hardest part of the season. And, and that is something special. So, yeah, he says it's most difficult, but they were cruising there for a while. And if they can tap into that, then I think they should have enough to get past Chelsea. But again, and I'm going to continue to say it, they need to score first in that Champions League final.
Yeah, no, absolutely. And by the way, uh, <laughs> the fact that Manchester United gave them the title is probably not going to bode well with the United fans. But, you know, they got their own, uh, you know, they got Champions League for next season. So that, that's good. And the Europa League final to look ahead to. So, you know, plenty of uh, hey, quick, quick, quick one on Leicester City, because this was a big victory. And now adding, like you said, pressure on Liverpool now to try and climb up that table. But if Leicester City can hold on, I mean, they have an FA Cup final to look ahead to, but do you see Leicester City sticking with his Champions League spot? Uh, I do. I, I don't think Liverpool is going to have enough. I think that uh, they have to be perfect from this point out. And as we've seen from a lot of the teams that are hovering around that, you know, fourth to ninth position, being perfect has been very difficult. And Liverpool in particular, especially at home, has been very uneven. That said... You know, they have three away games. Yeah. Uh, so, so before, before they head home and play Crystal Palace on the last day of the season and for them to win all four, it's possible. And given their current form, very possible. I just think they're going to drop points in one of them. And I think that'll be enough for Leicester to, to kind of see it out. Leicester have a tough schedule as well, but I think a draw now for Leicester should, should lock it up just to catch everybody up. Liverpool do have two games at hand. They're on 57 points. Yeah. And it's Chelsea six, who's fourth right now, even though they have a game. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Leicester would be the, the target over Chelsea per se, just because Leicester's schedule is ridiculous. Um, but but no, I'm not going to count out Liverpool by any stretch of the imagination, but I just think they have a lot of work to do. And I think Man United are going to make 11 changes to their lineup from today's game. And uh, that's going to prove to be difficult because Liverpool had that benefit of not having a Tuesday game so they could be rested. But ultimately, the, the key players for Manchester United will be ready to go. Yep, absolutely. So well done, Manchester City, on winning the Premier League. And by the way, as we're taping, Napoli's winning 2-1 against Udinese. We're going to do um, a quick preview for Wednesday matches. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to preview what's going to happen on Wednesday. So as you listen to this, get ready for some Wednesday action as well. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, Kegolazo listeners. I wanted to let you know about what's on CBS Sports HQ this week. As always, CBS Sports HQ is your home to start your sports news day with live updates kicking off each morning at 8 a.m. Eastern. And HQ is always your home ahead of the evening's action with live picks from the best analysts and cappers in the sports world each day at 6 p.m. Eastern. On Wednesday, NFL experts will be breaking down the 2021 schedule and our cappers will be making the Preakness picks ahead of Saturday's race. So check out HQ on your computer or cbsports.com or via the CBS Sports app on your mobile phone or TV. And guess what? It's always free and it's always on. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Kego Lasso, our Wednesday uh, preview now. And it's another big one in the Premier League because Chelsea, obviously they have an FA Cup final to look ahead to Jimmy Conrad, but now they face Arsenal, who, you know, 
need some points, I think, for the sake of, I don't know, Mikel Arteta's future, maybe. Uh, what do you have here, Jimmy? Okay, so let's just stay on Arsenal. I feel like they're probably still a bit heartbroken about losing to Villarreal with a chance at home to go to a Europa League final, take it on Manchester United. They should have beat them in leg two of the semifinals. I'm going to, I said it before, I'll say it again. I think Arsenal fans are very emotional and I hope that they've chilled out and gained some perspective since then because it was, a, if, if I was a fan, I didn't tell you what was at stake per se, but just that, hey, you had a chance to win at home in a big game. You hit the post a couple of times. You were complete control. The other team didn't even have a shot on goal. You know, and you were in that control. And you know what? You just didn't win. You got a little unlucky. I think most fans would take that result. Okay, just on my day, it happens during a season. This happens. I didn't know it's the second leg, and I know it's a long season. There's a lot of frustration that that are that are wrapped into it. But Arsenal fans like, fire Arteta. Get rid of all of our best players. Start all over. Dumpster fire. And I just, I just hope there's some sensible Arsenal fans. That's just not the way forward. I think that's not going to solve your problems. The, the grass looks greener over, I think, on that on that side, but I don't think it's going to ultimately solve your problems. You have a, such a great core of young players, and it looks like uh, Hassam, Hassam uh, Awar from, from Lyon might be coming to you guys in the transfer window for only $35 million, which is a great price if you can get him there. A and great Oda, Odegaard's going to go back to Real Madrid, and Ceballos should go back to Real Madrid. You know, you're going to need, and you're going to have some room to, to go out and get a playmaker who can sit in front of Partey and Xhaka and I think Awar could be the guy for you. I think he's excellent. Anyway, with regard to this one in particular, Arsenal have lost two, only lost two out of the last 10 and are unbeaten in their last three against Chelsea, but they haven't faced a Thomas Tuchel managed Chelsea before. So everybody that's betting this, prepare yourself for under two and a half goals and most likely a Chelsea win. And if that happens, that pays 270. I like that one a lot. Just to remind you about Chelsea, they've only been behind three times in 25 games under Tuchel. 19 minutes to Southampton, one minute to Porto, and 19 minutes to City. So I don't know who everybody thinks is going to score first in this, but I would take a look at who's Chelsea's starting because they have an FA Cup final to prepare for on the weekend against Leicester City. So if it's Tammy Abraham and, and Olivier Giroud, Timo Werner, they're all at plus 400 to score first. Chelsea are definitely going to score first. Kai Havertz will probably start, plus 450 for him to score first. Pulisic is plus 450. Zayek, though, might not be a bad shout. He scored the first goal for Chelsea against City. He didn't score the first goal of the game, but if he does score first... In this one, plus seven hundred. I like that one a lot. That's that's very good. It's not bad. I mean, there's some value there if you guys want to try those exotics. My my only concern again is just make sure you wait to see who Chelsea roll out and go. Don't make any bets until you see the starting lineup an hour before kickoff. I think that Chelsea have pretty much secured a, a place in the top four, even though you know there's still a chance mathematically for somebody to catch them. They are six points clear of fifth place with three games left to play. I think that uh, everyone below them, as I mentioned before, can't really figure out how to sustain a good run and play consistently. Yeah. So they really just need one three points in the last three to, to make sure they secure it or just win the Champions League final and, and solidify that. Could be a way to do it either. But I'm not really too worried for Tuchel, and I don't think anybody else is. They're so good in so many different ways that I just don't know who's going to catch them. But this game in particular kind of screams 1-0 to me in favor of Chelsea. Yeah. Um, I don't see, even though... It's somewhat of a congested week because obviously the FA Cup final, it's it's the system that everybody in Chelsea understands mm -hmm. on the two holes. So it doesn't really matter who's obviously, you know, there will be some individual matchups that you can look ahead. As you mentioned, you have to really watch out until the lineup comes out. But I don't see Chelsea to your facts and your stats there giving much away, even though they're they're away from home in this one. Right. So I, it do, I don't think it matters that much to them. 
I think they're going to be very solid. It's going to be pretty much uh, an uncomfortable game, I think, for Arsenal. They'll try and get something out of it. Similar to uh, one of their fixtures in the Europa League when they were trying to break some teams up and they just couldn't find the antidote. Well, let me tell you something. Trying to break this Chelsea line is, is very, very difficult. So I wouldn't even be surprised if this ended as a stalemate, to be honest with you. But I do see Chelsea's quality just shining through a little bit more. As you mentioned earlier, Tuchel is so good tactically during a certain game that I think he'll be able to figure it out. If he can rotate some players in and out, um, you know, I, I think he can take a win here. So I, 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 I'm going with a probably one nothing Chelsea as well. It's just... It, I mean, I will say I find it difficult for Arsenal to score. I, I know, I, I know that they can. It's just, I, I don't know. It's just going to be depend. Honestly, it's going to depend on the starting lineup. So take all that into consideration. It looks like Leicester actually have an extra day of rest, right? Because they played played United today, yep. and then, and then, uh, so that that will have to factor in. That said, of any season where I think players are used to playing once every three or four days, it's this season. So even if he rolled out a couple guys today, they're going to be ready for Saturday. There's no question. But I do think that we see a Zayek uh, could start. Uh, Havertz will probably start. Uh, Billy Gilmore will probably start uh, next to Jorginho, giving Gola Conte the rest. Alonso will probably start out wide. Izuma will probably start. You know what I mean? So they have, they have options and they got some depth. It would be nice to see Tammy Abraham maybe get a run out or Olivier Giroud before they're probably yeah, leave, seriously. leave the club. But uh and, and then on the flip side with Arsenal, I think we're going to see a full squad. Obviously, not only are they playing for pride, but they're also probably playing to see who's going to stick around for next season because I think Arteta is going to make some big changes over the summer. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's move on here because Juventus have to face Asuolo on Wednesday and Juventus need Champions League football for so many reasons. What do you have for me there? Uh, Well... Juve are struggling in the biggest possible way. And this will be, of the 35 games that Andrea Pirlo's managed in Serie A, this will be his 35th different lineup. And we talked about it before, but I'm telling you, that is a problem in a lot of different ways. And uh, they're under a ton of pressure, Juve. So much so that there's Vice President Pavel Neved, who I think will might be let go this summer as well, has come out and said that Andrea Pirlo will be back next season. That's a kiss of death. And that Cristiano Ronaldo will be back next season. Listen, the best player to ever play in the Champions League isn't spending a season in the Europa League. We can make that absolutely clear. So them getting smacked around by AC Milan was a big loss. The problem is with Sassuolo, they are awesome right now. Uh, they have a haul of, a magnificent haul, I'd like to add, 16 points out of the last 18 available. Wow. So they're cruising Sassuolo and they're on the heels of catching Roma. Now, when I saw my research for this, I was like, what are they going to catch him for? Because Roma isn't going to qualify for the Europa League. But if you guys are unaware, they're having the UEFA Europa Conference League. It's like the third tier of European competition now. So Roma is in that spot. And now Sassuolo could catch them, which would be crazy for Roma. Because we all know that Jose Mourinho is going to be the first to ever win the Europa Conference League. So, so what they're doing is, and I had to read about this just to catch everybody up. It's, it's going to be a third tier league. It's going to be the same schedule as always. It's going to serve as the bottom level of the existing UEFA Europa League competition. The Europa League competition is going to be reduced from 48 to 32 teams, which I think is smart because there's like a gajillion teams. And the competition will, this competition, the conference league will be primarily contested from lower ranked UEFA member associations. No teams will qualify directly to the group stage with 10 teams eliminated in the Europa League playoffs and the rest coming from the Europa Conference League qualifiers. 
which I find very interesting. The winners of the competition are awarded a position in the Europa League the following season unless they qualify for the Champions League. So there's kind of the, the history of it. They've been trying to do this since uh, two they've, they've introduced this since 2015, uh, having this, this that kind of third-tier competition. So there's still a lot to play for for Sassuolo. This would be only their second time, if they qualified for it, their second time ever in a European competition. So... And they're the hottest team right now in Serie A. Juve couldn't have picked the, the worst time to play against the Swallow. So fair play to them for, for really picking it up. And Juve are on the other, other hand. And the, the lineup changes, it's, it's a big problem. And I wonder who's going to come in and try to fix it because I think Pirlo's gone. Yeah, no, absolutely. So what, what do you think will happen in this game then? That said, I do think that Cristiano Ronaldo isn't the guy loves being the hero and it's all setting up for him to be a hero, obviously not to win the Scudetto or to win the champions league, but to salvage the season in some capacity. Juve to win and both teams to score plus plus one sixty-five. At some point, this Juve team has to show up and, and, and be accounted for. Right. And the guys that, that get paid the big bucks need to show up. Ronaldo's already put the team on his back uh, recently to score two late goals, to help them kind of stay in this conversation for the top four. If you want Cristiano Ronaldo to score first, plus 230, Cristiano Ronaldo to score, Juve to win, both teams to score plus 260. He's going to have some influence in this game. It's just a matter of whether he can get that service that he needs because obviously he's not as mobile as he once was. So he needs service. And I just don't know who's going to start. You just don't know. That said, I think that Juan Cuadrado is going to be very important. John Square, as I like to call him. (laughs) He whips in a ton of balls. And so, you know, he's going to get his opportunities, Ronaldo. It's just a matter of whether he finishes them or not. There's a big part of me though, Luis, that I just because of how well Sassuolo's playing, there is there is a bet that I'm looking at. Sorry, let me go find it. I thought I had it written down and I don't. It is um to do with Juventus. Well, essentially, yes. Sassuolo Juventus, where they come, they basically Sassuolo takes the lead and Juve comes from behind to either win or draw. Yeah. And it was plus, I got it. It's plus 350 for that to happen. And I think I could see that happening. So Swallow with all their energy and momentum and enthusiasm scoring the first goal and then Juve kind of scraping and coming back to get something out of it to keep their hopes and dreams alive. Well, the narrative of Cristiano Ronaldo being the hero would fit in that, of course. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. they need Champions League football. They, they just need it. It, it, it. Pure and simple. Regardless of what happens with uh, Napoli Udinese, Napoli... Uh, winning right now, but you know, regardless of that, because it's very tight at the top. Because obviously, there's also Atalanta against Benevento, Torino, AC Milan, Lazio, Parma, the champions Internazionale against Roma. So plenty of games in Serie A. Right. Yeah. So one ahead. thing, I'll, one thing I'll add: Juve. If Juve win out, I think they'll finish the top four. I just don't know if they're going to win out. And the reason I say that is because Atalanta and AC Milan play each other on the last day of the season. So one or both of those teams are going to drop points, which allow, which could. In in the status, and I'm sure the mind of the the hero, the superhero Cristiano Ronaldo, it could be on the last day of the season that he helps Juve get that top four. So there's a really good opportunity, but Juve have to win out, and it starts with Sassuolo. Yeah, now keep your eye out for that. All right, let's uh, move on here, because La Liga as well, there's a lot of action there. Sevilla against Valencia, Atletico Madrid against Real Sociedad. What do you have for me in La Liga? So let's just start with the biggest of the two that I really like. Atleti versus Real Sociedad. Uh, Atleti haven't won the league since 2014. They got a two-point lead at the top with three games to go. It's in their hands. But this Real Sociedad team, who started the season really, really well, if you remember, Luis, and then just had a real major case of inconsistency in the middle, are starting to play well again. They've won three out of the last four. They look pretty close to securing status for the Europa League. They need maybe one more win to make that happen. So this could be pretty tricky for Atleti team 
that should have squeaky bums right now. I mean, they have everything to play for. It's in their hands, and it's just a matter of whether they can score the timely goals, which they did at the beginning of the season, but didn't do so much uh, when it mattered around mid-February when the games got a little bit tighter. I do, though, because I, I in, in Diego Simeone, I trust the manager of Atleti. He loves winning games 1-0. I call it the Diego Simeone special. So I like Atleti to win in under two and a half goals, and they have to win. Atleti need to win, right? I mean, this can't get any crazier in La Liga, plus 240 for that to happen. Uh, Diego Simeone, uh, the special exact score, 1-0, plus 470. I'm definitely betting on that. Atleti, the only team to score plus 170. Uh, clean sheet, plus 101 for them. Atleti, I just want to throw this in there. Atleti have seen under two and a half goals in their last five matches in all competitions versus Sociedad, okay? They've also had a clean, kept a clean sheet in their last three at home. And Sociedad's last six out of seven away from home have seen two and a half goals. So if you just want to package something with under two and a half goals with these two opponents... I think you're going to find yourself in a good place, but that's kind of what I'm looking at. And then with regard to Sevilla, Valencia, remember when Sevilla, Valencia, like three or four years ago, this would have been a banger of a game, by the way. Yeah. (laughs) Valencia have completely dropped off. They're currently in 13th place on 39 points, only nine points off of relegation. And they've been hovering there the whole season. And a lot of the, the, the Valencia fans have had it. They're now marching. They're taking the streets. They want their owner, Peter Lim out. And I actually think we could probably do a whole episode on what the hell happened to Valencia. Um, but Peter yeah, Lim, a tremendous article in the Financial Times, I believe, or was it Forbes? One of them uh, on Valencia and Peter Lim. Incredible, I recommend. Do we, no, so, so I did. I just saw this today. Oh, it's not even going to give it to me. Oh, here it is. Peter Lim came out and crushed his own fans. He, he's yeah, the Financial Times. He came out and crushed his own fans. They say, oh, we we want him to leave the club. He's like, they're trying to make sure we don't sell the club to anyone other than the fans. This is who he's referencing. This is a quote. These people argue we're Valencianos. We know the club, but with the Valencianos is in charge, they went bankrupt, right? Yeah. I don't want to, I want, this is what he said. I don't want to belittle the club. It's 102 years old. They've never won the champions league and want to win it at all costs. They got birds in their heads. I mean, who said, what owner says that about his fans, dude? That's crazy. So Valencia are a hot mess right now. I want to see how this unfolds over the summer. But Sevilla should should have beaten Real Madrid. You remember in the preview show, everybody, I said that was my lock of the week. And a lucky deflection kept me from that happening. They got a 2-2 draw with Real Madrid. They just kind of stumbled before the finish line, losing to Athletic, getting this draw against Madrid. So they're probably not going to win the title at this point. But they were they can still make some noise. And I think they're going to get all three points against Valencia here. I like Sevilla to win in over two and a half goals. Valencia have scored in eight consecutive games. And are coming off a big 3-0 win this past weekend. And as we know, confidence matters. So I think Valencia will score. But Sevilla, I just think, have a little bit more quality. And I'd like Sevilla to win both teams to score, plus 190 is uh, is probably the safer of the other one. The other one's plus 240. So I like Sevilla to do the business, uh, but but I think Valencia will, will get a goal in this one. Yeah, no, uh, I, I like that as well. Listen, we got so many games, and I wanted to get your thoughts on MLS. There's a lot of MLS going on. Uh, specifically on Wednesday night. Uh, if you look at this fixture list, by the way, some really gay games in MLS, Inter-Miami against Montreal. The crew, the crew. You can't, call, you can't call them that anymore. It's <laughs> not allowed. I know, I know. Columbus face Toronto FC, Minnesota United against Vancouver Whitecaps. What are you looking at here? What do you like? The biggest game for me is San Jose Earthquakes hosting the Seattle Sounders. Yeah. After losing their opening day game, San Jose, they've hit the ground running with three wins on the bounce. Seattle remain unbeaten so far. They best are team in good. MLS in my best, Yes, and they, they're doing it without their best player, Nico Ladero, with all due respect to Raul Ruiz Diaz. That's all right. I forgive you. It's fine. 
<laughs> so, so Seattle are on top of the West. Uh, they won away against their biggest rivals, Portland, this yep. past weekend. So they're going to have that little bit of a bounce. San Jose, though, Cade Cal, who says he's 17 years old. He looks like a grown-ass man to me. Uh, he looks like he's 25 <laughs> or 30 for sure. But he's going to be going to Europe for sure. You know, he, so here's, here's the crazy stat for you guys. Cade Cal from, from San Jose Earthquakes had a goal and two assists two weeks ago, was player of the week. Okay? Yeah. Chris Wadalowski, who's 17 years older. No, no, excuse me. 19 years older than Cade Cal, the captain. He's the leading scorer in MLS history. Scored two goals against Real Salt Lake. He was MLS Player of the Week. That's the biggest age difference in, in Players of the Week in the history of the league, which is crazy. And they're on the same team. So they've got a lot of different ways they can beat you, San Jose, but they're always a mixed bag. I think they're going to run into a team and the Sounders that know exactly who they are and what they're about. I like both teams to score in Seattle to win. That is plus 320, if I'm not mistaken. So that is uh, what I'd be looking at because I think San Jose will score. But I think the Sounders are just just too good right now. And, and Nico Ladero is starting to train with the team again, again. If he comes back in, they're even they're even stronger. No, that's it. That's the game to watch. And that's the late game on Wednesday, by the way, 1030 Eastern. Matias Almeida's San Jose Earthquakes against Seattle Sounders. All right. Before we leave, because there's so many games, there's so many games. It's awesome. I love it. French it's not Coupe de France, Montpellier against yeah. PSG. What else you want to talk about before we say goodbye? Well, I definitely want to talk about that. You can put it all in one nice big pack. Sure. I mean, uh, you got to talk about Montpellier versus PSG. Absolutely. In the the Coup de France semifinals. It looks like Monaco is playing a second division team in in the other semifinals. So it it could be set up for a Monaco PSG final, which would be pretty, pretty remarkable. And it could lead to Mauricio Pochettino not winning any trophies because Monaco are very good. They got knocked out of the Champions League. It looks like they might not win Liga. And I wonder about Mauricio Pochettino's future. So they need to win oh, wow. something. They need to win something. I know they won the French Super Cup or whatever when he was in charge, the Cuda or the Cuda La League, uh, right when he came in, right? He like two games in, he won a trophy. And that was, you know, he finally got rid of the Spurs curse and finally won something. But <laughs> but now it's getting a little bit like, hey, you got to win something of a little bit more consequence. So he needs to win this one. Montpellier, though, uh, are going to be a tough test. And and uh, after they drew 1-1 this past week to kind of lose their title aspirations, PSG to Ren 1-1, it, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how this team's going to respond. Well, I see goals in both in, from both sides in this one. Yeah, I do too. I do too. Um, and then, but I think PSG will get through. I think they're going to set up a final yeah, against, against. But I, I see them conceding though, regardless. Yeah, and then just quickly about the Liga MA Keys playoffs. We are uh, in the... We're in the quarterfinals now. It's a two-legged affair. So you're going to have Toluca and Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul, the number one seed going into this. So my eyes yep, are the favorites. That. Yep. Yeah, Toluca took down Lyon, who were the favorites or won the, the league the season before. So they're coming in with on penalties. Yeah. So they'll be going That in. was our mistake. We saw Leon in that I one. Know, I know. I know. They lost the penalties. It's so sad. But we so, own it. We own it. Toluca we own won. It. Yep. We own it. So, so Leon is out. Tigres is out. Chivas Guadalajara is out. And so the last uh, eight teams are Toluca, Cruz Azul, Atlas Puebla, Pachuca, Club America, and Santos taking on Monterrey. So, yeah, it's a lot. It's going to be pretty exciting to see uh, a, a new champion this year. And I'm sure everybody's thinking Club America because they're the most successful team in Liga MX history. They're like the Yankees of, of Mexican football. But I think Cruz Azul is so good in so many different ways. I like, I like them. They're my favorites. But that first game against Toluca will really set the tone, I think, for the rest of the playoffs. By the way, Tuca Ferretti, Ricardo Ferretti, leaves Tigres uh, as manager. Obviously, yeah. we knew that was happening, but there are talks that you know he's open to MLS. And let me tell you something. This That'd manager is something. How good would that be, huh? That, that would be amazing. Amazing. I'm, but I'm Jim, here for that. Absolutely. But Jimmy Conrad, 
Thank you so much, man. We we really brought it today. I mean, you brought it. It was amazing. I loved it. Any final thoughts before we say goodbye? Well, I just wanted to say with that line about the both teams to score in the coup de la, not the coup de la league, the coup de France yeah. semifinal, uh, PSG to win both teams to score plus 128. So pretty even go. money, all things considered. But I wanted to throw that out there. Uh, no, I'm excited. I, I love that we have a slate of games that do exist outside of the Champions League and Europa League that we can really immerse ourselves in a midweek. Right? We always talk about this for weekend previews, but for like midweek to have these type of juicy uh, matchups is is unbelievable. And I'm excited to talk about it with you guys and hopefully everybody's enjoying it at home. I love it. I love it. Jimmy Conrad, thank you so much, brother. Thank you. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Que golazo pod. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts. Make sure that you follow us as well on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, CBSports.com, YouTube. We're on the CBS Sports app as well. Have a great, great rest of your week. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.